This is exactly how we start our Tuesday afternoons around here with Peter Mullen and Health and Wellbeing. Good afternoon, Peter. Good afternoon, Mark. Look, glad to have you along. Today we'll be covering something that really encompasses a lot of different ailments. Uh, We'll have a go at understanding autoimmunity. Yeah, it's a broad term for more than 80 diagnosable conditions which occur basically when your immune system mistakenly starts to attack your own body tissue. So, And we'll cover each and every one of those 80 conditions. <laughs> it's going to be a very long show. But um, yeah, just a bit more information about what, what's going on because, um, again, autoimmune, like so many other health conditions, are on the rise. It's estimated, I think, that you know up to 12% of us will experience autoimmune at some point. So yeah, good topic to um, have a talk about today. Autoimmunity and autoimmune disease, you said it, it basically is an umbrella term covering around 80 ailments. Yeah, yeah, 80 different diseases or 80 different conditions. And um, it's something that seems to be on the increase and something that seems to be on the increase, particularly among younger women as well. Like um, a lot of autoimmune conditions can be triggered when women have babies, like post, post having the baby, they can develop an autoimmune condition. So the general thoughts are that like... Um, for an autoimmune condition to occur, you need to have the genetic predisposition and then there's the environmental trigger. So this kind of makes sense as to why they're on the increase because our genes are under such greater attack these days due to toxins and diet and lifestyle and stress, etc. And, so, and then the environment just heaps more of that back yeah, on you. Yeah. yeah, so you need to so basically the thoughts are so far that you need to have the genetic predisposition. So often we'll see there's a family history of autoimmune and then it can get triggered by something. And, you know, the 80 different conditions, they're all similar in some respects, but all very different as well. So no one really fully understands the exact cause of autoimmune, but this is the general general thought process. So what are the, the more common uh, ailments, conditions or groups that might make up autoimmune diseases? Well, some autoimmune diseases, so with autoimmune conditions, what happens is the immune system that normally, you know, deals with viruses and bacteria and um, cancer cells and, you know, helps us. The immune system also helps us to heal. So if you sprain your ankle, it's the immune system that's triggered to, you know, bring about that healing response. So that's a normal inflammatory response. But once the inflammation's, once the ankle's been healed, the inflammation immune system should turn off. What happens with autoimmune is the immune system stays turned on and continuing to produce antibodies to tissue that normally it shouldn't do it. And then these antibodies cause damage to the tissue. So um, some autoimmune diseases target just one tissue. So type 1 diabetes is an example of this. Mm -hmm. So in type 1 diabetes, which used to be called juvenile diabetes because it generally only happened up in the younger age group up to about the age of 30, um, is where the immune system attacks the pancreas and in attacking the pancreas, it kills the cells or da- destroys the cells that produce insulin. So type 1 diabetes have to end up eventually being put onto an insulin replacement. Um, so that's a, a, a where the autoimmune targets one um, organ. Same with thyroid, we'll talk about it in a moment, is where the immune system is just attacking the thyroid tissue. And then you've got um, more systemic diseases, so where the whole system can be affected, something like lupus. So in lupus, it can affect connective tissue anywhere through the whole system. So um, Now, most common autoimmune diseases include what we've talked about a lot on this show before. Graves' disease is an autoimmune where the thyroid goes overactive um, and the, the immune system is producing antibodies that attack the thyroid, causing it to produce too much thyroid hormone. And then we've got um, something different called Hashimoto's. And Hashimoto's, again, is where different antibodies attack the tissue 
and in attacking the tissue actually cause the thyroid to become under-functioning. So different antibodies, different outcome for the thyroid tissue. And, you know, Hashimoto's are all the symptoms we associate with an underactive thyroid, fatigue, weight gain, um, depression, cold sensitivity, etc. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis is one of the more common autoimmune diseases. And the immune, here the immune system attacks the joints, causing swelling, redness, soreness, and stiffness. Um, can start as early as 30s. It's different to osteoarthritis, being autoimmune. And with autoimmunes, one of those conditions that some researchers suggested that maybe an infection might be a trigger for, for rheumatoid arthritis. I remember years ago there was a couple of doctors around prescribing antibiotics to treat people with, auto, with rheumatoid arthritis, thinking that there was a bacterial or a mycoplasma link. So, again, different triggers for different people, but um, the trick is to try and find out what someone's individual trigger is. Um, type 1 diabetes we've talked about where the immune system's attacking the pancreas inflammatory bowel disease where the immune system attacks the bowel resulting in conditions like ulcerative colitis or Crohn's disease or we could probably include celiac here as well so celiac disease is autoimmune where the immune system's attacking the villi that lie in the gut and psoriasis is something that I see a lot of um, psoriasis is where the immune system is attacking the cells and the cell increases the cell turnover, so you end up with thick red patches of skin. Um, and about a third of people with psoriasis also develop a really nasty form of arthritis called psoriatic arthritis, which you know occurs in the knees and the elbow joints, um, and again, autoimmune-related. Autoimmune we'll head to the uh, telephone, uh, straight to Kath at Hamilton. Kath, you actually uh, want to talk to Peter this afternoon. Yes, please, if I can. Yeah, good afternoon, Kath. Uh, hi, Peter. Um, look, I've got what I, I imagine are two autoimmune diseases. Um, I've got Raynaud's, which I've had for about 25 years, and it's getting quite uh, severe now. Um, the pinprick test um, comes back uh, halfway across my palms, and the fingers are, are, you know, I've lost a lot of feeling there, yep. and in the toes, yeah. Um, but the, the more probably distressing one at the moment for me is Sjogren's. Yeah, um, okay, okay. And, yeah, and, and, you know, dry mouth, um, eyes that I can't open in the morning before I get drops in them, um, and but constantly running eyes and, and nose. Yeah. Through the day, I just fill up 10 hankies in an hour. <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. And with your, is your nose, your nose running more from tears coming from your eyes down the back of your nose? Um, I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, okay. I don't know. Look, there could be yeah. a couple of things, like both of those conditions are, um, you know, trouble to deal, like they're pains in the butt, basically. Um, yeah. Raynard's is where um, people lose the peripheral circulation. The blood vessels tend to sort of not deliver the blood to the extremities, so you get yeah. extremely cold hands and, and fingertips that go white, etc. Um, Sjogren's is an autoimmune condition and it's not uncommon, Kath, for people to to have one or more autoimmune conditions like you've got. So yeah. with the Sjogren, Sjogren's is where the immune system actually attacks the saliva and mucus producing glands. So you end up with a really dry mouth and dry eyes. That's yeah. the major symptoms that are bothering you? Right. Uh, n- no, well, they do, but um, some drops in the dry eyes and, and, uh, uh, and a toothpaste that's specifically made for a dry mouth, they're, they're great. 
Yeah. Um, but through the day, I mean, if I'm walking down the street or, tr- or even driving, um, I just can't see through the tears all yeah, the time. Okay. You know, they, they okay. just run down and drip off my chin. <laughs> yeah, and do, do you think that's associated with the Sjogren's or is that more allergy? I don't know. I don't know. No, yeah, no. look, I I would um I I would go and see a naturopath and try and get some help maybe to see whether you've got some hay fever or allergy going on on top of your autoimmune. Right. Um, and definitely you don't think that you don't think those two are related, Peter. The the um the teary eyes and uh, the Sjogren's. Well, de- if you if you're treating the dry eyes, then no, they should settle. Right. I, know, I know with Sjogren's, though, it can be hard. Like, you can have the teariness because of the dry eyes. So maybe yeah. it is more dry eye related. Um, yeah. But the runny nose, that's a little bit different. Right. So definitely worthwhile just trying some um, different things around that. And the other thing with Sjogren's, how's your energy? Oh, um, it's not it's not great, but I'm on chemo and have been for a long time. So, okay. Um, okay. you know, I, I wouldn't be able to differentiate between that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I would most likely the runny eyes down the street is probably more Shogun's and dry eyes related, but I still think I'll get a second opinion about that. And, you know, maybe even starting some things like some gentle, like um, antihistamine type stuff, like um, vitamin C powder has a really good antihistamine sort of effect. Um, Okay, yep. So if you get a powder and try taking like a, a half a teaspoon twice a day, um, yep. I would also make sure you're taking a really good dose of fish oil if that's okay with your chemotherapy. Yep. Um, fish oil is probably one of the only things I've come across that can help a bit with that dry eyes and dry mouth a little bit no, as well. I've, I've got fish oil from the dog, so I'll probably start taking <laughs> it for me too. <laughs> just make sure, make sure you get a really good quality fish oil. But I, I would go and see someone about what's going on and just see, you know, even, yeah. even herbally... Um, you know, naturopaths can do up a herbal mix that can help just to balance autoimmune a little bit as well. And yeah. um, checking your zinc levels too. Like there's a lot nutritionally that might just help give you a bit more um, freedom with those symptoms. Symptoms, right, Oh, thank you, Peter. That's um, that's great. I'll definitely get some uh, vitamin C powder. Yeah. Uh, vitamin C powder. Yep. And, um, start and on the, start uh, on the fish yeah, oil. Start on that, yeah, and get, get maybe come and, and see you further down the, down the right. line. That'd be great. Thank you, Kath. Thank you so much for that, Kath. Uh, so, Peter, I'll, I guess a lot to unpack there. Yeah, and look, when we, um, we'll get into a little while um, what we can do about autoimmune. Mm. Like, in, in autoimmune, as in any condition, we're trying to reduce inflammation. So the better your diet is, um, making sure... Um, I forgot to mention with Kath, it's really important to check what her vitamin D levels are because a lot of people with autoimmune have problems with making vitamin D. So often they'll need to supplement as well. And vitamin D has a balancing effect. But we'll get more into that in a little while. Okay, so uh, a little earlier we were talking about uh, who, who is actually susceptible to autoimmune disease. I mean, you're talking uh, family history being a big one? Yeah, yeah. So it does seem to be that you know there's um, possibly genes or definitely genes involved with um, autoimmune, we know with celiac that pretty much you can't have celiac unless you've got the genes for celiac. Although I did meet, meet one patient that is in the maybe the 0.05% of people that may develop celiac without the gene. But generally, you've got to have the gene. So family history plays a role. Um, gender, um, as I was saying before, women are more susceptible for autoimmune diseases. And they these days they seem to be being triggered in their childbearing years, so thyroid conditions, rheumatoid arthritis, etc. Um, 
Yeah, so they're sort of they're the two major predisposing sort of factors. Good afternoon, Roberta from Lambton. Uh, your 23-year-old daughter may uh, be looking at autoimmune. Yes, that's correct. Yeah. Hi, Roberta. Um, hi. How are you? Good, thanks. Um, look, I yeah. Look, I've just actually been up in the weekend with her, but she's got ankling spondylitis. Yes. Um, when we at school age, so we get up out of the dark room, get to school, and stop putting on the turn, and then one day she went blind. Yeah, wow. Um, it was the inflammation, like insights come back, but she still gets that. Yep. She lives in absolute constant pain. She's turned herself full-on vegan, and yes. that has assisted her. She's totally, she believes in pain and everything. I know she's using like some alternate pain relief, but at the moment, I just, she lives on the Gold Coast, and I know that I've listened to you before on this, and I just wanted to know if there may be someone up in that area that, She's trying everything. She's going to a um, a guy that's working on her bones and trying to strengthen her bones as, as well. Yeah, um, yeah. She started, so she's trying everything and looks everything. Cost her a fortune at twenty three. It's not easy. Yeah, um, for sure. But just want to know, like, I'm a big believer in what you do, and I do listen to you. It's hard to kind of just say, yep, she'll try it. She goes to an osteo and she's doing this and that. Yeah, yep. She also. Like she was in hospital on the Saturday night that I was up there, the pain just becomes unbearable. So unbearable. They okay. Yeah, okay. they don't listen to us. They yep. don't accept it or they're not understanding of it. Yep. And I constantly said to her, why don't you keep and find, you know, balance the two, but find the naturopath. And that's why I'm just listening to you now and I just said, look, it's, it's worth asking you. Well, look, what... Yeah, what I can do if you leave your name with, if you just leave your name with Liz, then um, yep. I'll I'll be able to give you a call back and we'll find someone up the coast for you to see for sure. Peter, time to have a look at some of the things that, if we're in that sort of cachet of ailments, so some of the things that you'd recommend that we consider doing. Would definitely definitely important to get your vitamin D levels mm. tested. As I said, a lot of people with autoimmune tend to have. Um, low levels of vitamin D, and vitamin D plays a role in trying to balance the immune system. Um, probiotics, and again, very specific probiotics, have been shown to play a role in autoimmune by working on gut immunity. So again, but very specific probiotics, not just your normal over-the-counter ones. Um, turmeric, you know, traditionally, and turmeric is one of those things. Like I know there's been a lot of reports about turmeric and inflammation. Mm. For some people, it works really well. For others, it doesn't seem to make any difference. So you've still got to try some of these things. And turmeric would just be more a symptomatic treatment anyway. I'm throwing that in just about every piece of cooking at the moment. <laughs> Everything from scrambled eggs to soup. Fantastic. I love it. I, yeah. I'm a, a well, bit look, of a spice guy. There's a lot of a lot of health improvements with turmeric. It's not just for inflammation. Um, treat your gut. You know, if you've got a leaky gut wall or gut wall inflammation, then that can be one of the triggers for autoimmune. And, you know, from a dietary point of view, us naturopaths, you know, people must get um, fed up with us talking about gluten and dairy, but gluten particularly seems to play a bit of a role with a lot of people for autoimmune. Like, I generally recommend all my autoimmune thyroid patients avoid gluten. Obviously, if you're celiac, you must avoid gluten. But autoimmune generally, you know, I'd look at avoiding gluten and dairy, um, reduce or avoid alcohol, caffeine, refined sugar, increase your organic, you know, fruit and veg as much as possible. Of course, uh, getting a healthy dose of exercise daily and getting those stress levels down. Yeah, look, exercise. When you exercise, you actually increase the number of circulating what are called Tregs. 
T-regs are a type of immune cell. T-rex? T-regs. Okay. T-regulator regulator in t I thought the dinosaur cells. of the band. What, what is it? <laughs> so when you exercise, you actually increase T-regs, and T-regs have a balancing effect on autoimmune. So and so, the, so there's lots of things we can be doing lifestyle-wise that really can impact. Address your stress and get enough sleep. Sleep is anti-inflammatory as well. So with autoimmune, you can't always get to the point where you're where you've cured yourself and it's but you can get a lot of these conditions into like a remission you know i've had um, patients over the years that their chagrin is much more manageable and not flaring so you know there, there's definitely room for improvement with any autoimmune condition but looking at the the natural side of things there's a lot we can be doing ourselves that can really have a big impact so all righty uh good afternoon steve at barnsley uh you would like to talk about thyroids with your wife good afternoon Hello. Hello, Steve. Hello, Steve. How you going, Peter? Good, thank you. How can I help? Peter, uh, it, when you were talking with the uh, thyroid, yes, the autoimmune. Yep. Um, my wife uh, had our daughter uh, when she was thirty-eight, and about. Four or five years later, she developed uh, hypo-hyper in her thyroid. Yes. Um, and uh, I've since lost her through brain cancer. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Um, now, I'm concerned. Our daughter is now 32. Yes. Um, she has no signs of anything. I'm just wondering uh, or hoping that she doesn't uh, inherit that. That thyroid tendency? Yeah. Well, look, because but, of... Um, my wife's, my young, her, her youngest sister had um, hypo. Yeah, okay. The one that's revs. Well, look, the, the, what you can do with your daughter, if she's, she's keen to sort of be assessed by her GP or naturopath, they can actually do tests and just yearly monitor how her thyroid's going. So that I if think that she does that. Perfect, perfect. Well, if she's doing that and then, you know, looking after health as much as possible, then, yes. you know, we should, they should be able to keep on top of whether there's something coming on or not coming on. So, um, yeah, definitely mon- mon- test and measure. But um, as always, you know, focused for your daughter, focus on having the best health possible as a, as a preventative measure as well. But keeping on top of vitamin D, thyroid function, checking if there's thyroid antibodies, all can, um, you know, help a lot. Thank you so much, Steve. Our, our last call today, Sue at Abermain. You're on with Peter at the moment. Hello, oh, Sue. hi, Peter. Thanks for taking my call. Um, I was just wanting to share, I guess, the problem of being diagnosed and connecting the dots. Um, yes. yes. My father had rheumatoid arthritis quite aggressively. I have fibromyalgia and a dysfunctional thyroid, and my daughter has just been diagnosed with a celiac. Wow. Um, and it's just interesting that I, I know that my daughter shared that information with the GP, but it was still extremely difficult for her to be diagnosed yes. because he was looking for another person in the family who was a celiac. Yes. As it turns out, like a lot of people in my generation and previous generations, I suspect that 
there may be a celiac or two even, but they're not diagnosed. Yes, and that's what so, I'm. That you're exactly you're exactly right because celiac is thought of predominantly as a T helper one autoimmune condition, but rheumatoid arthritis is also in that same family. So is type 1 diabetes, so is MS. So you don't have to look for other celiacs, you just have to look for other autoimmune in that same family. Mm. So, yeah, that's. So, yes, I, I guess I was just wanting to mention that because I, I think it's very difficult for people to uh, probably to know what sort of linkages to, to, to talk look to their for. doctor about. Yes, as yeah. well. Yeah. Mm. Now, thank you, thank you very much for that, Sue. Thank you, Sue, and indeed to all of our callers this afternoon. Uh, lots of interest around this one, Peter. Uh, it's a, such a big area, and mm. and still there's a whole host of people being diagnosed with what I've heard one um, specialist called um, uh, um, autoimmune confusion. Mm. So where you can have elevated autoimmune and inflammatory markers, but you can have those inflammatory markers elevated for years, but still and still feel unwell, but still not be diagnosed with something because not all the. So there's still a lot more to know. So there's a lot of people out there, borderline that you know are having issues that, you know, still aren't being picked up. So and I'm sure we may revisit this topic again uh, down the road, Peter. As always, a great health and well-being. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mark. I'll see you next week. Uh, 2NURFM 103.7. Thanks for listening to this podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle. Topics range from gardening to health, well-being, pet care, finance, business and travel. You'll find them all at 2NURFM.com.